Sorry we didn't meet last week. I'm not sure. We're, it's a busy week. Yeah, sure. Here we are. I mean, school's back. Yep. We have children. That's right. You have a school. first kindergartner. I do. As do you, but you also have a second like grader. Yeah, so I have two in the drop-in. Drop-off and the drop-in the pick-up. Right. I got two to pick-up. Right. Two to drop-off. So we're doing that. Yeah. Every so day. How, how, since this is your first experience, give me your, your thoughts on the drop-off and the pick-up. Well, I'm impressed they have You're a different plan. school. You, you go to ECS. Right. It's at your, is it at your building? No, that's no, right. The elementary. Yeah, I drive down to the new elementary yeah, school. Yeah, I drive to the new right. elementary um, So they have a good system, but I mean, kindergartner, we're doing the thing. I, I park, we walk in, uh, and, okay. you know, and then at the end of the day, I stand at the door, mm. and hey, you know, it is what it is. There's no good way to have a whole bunch of people roll up on a place trying to get little children out of there. No. Nope. Uh, so it's just going to be slow, and it can't be fast. Because so. the kids are slow. Right, and you have to be careful. Get <laughs> those big old backpacks. Yep. Trucking so, along. So, you know, it's one of those things. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I, just, I, I was doing it and I was going, wow, this is, I'm going to be doing this for a while. Yes. <laughs> so, so how long, I mean, give me your, what is your, your kind of, the, the, what is the length typically of your pickup? How long does that typically last? Um, so in the morning. From when you get there to when they actually get in the car. I'm in and out probably 15 minutes in the morning and it, um, I'm usually at the front of the line for the pickup. Uh, at the end of the day, so I'm there probably 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like there's a lot of time wasted in the waiting for the pickup. Right. I think it's usually for us to get there at 2:45. A lot of times, I'm not out of there until after 2:3:15. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to come up with like a discussion questions or something yeah. that I can do with the other parents. You know? Yeah. I, right. Because at first you just talk about. Hey, how's it going for your kid, you know? And then everybody's got, you know, kindergartners, so we're all going through the same thing. But that's going to run out. I mean, we're going to see each other every day. Yeah. So we don't, we don't have the experience of getting out of the car. We all stay in our uh, little pods, right? No. Stay in our cars. Yeah. Uh, and trying not to get outside in the heat. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but so I haven't really, I've never gotten to know a parent yeah. from the pickup. Yeah. So uh, different experience for you than it is for right. me. Um, so we're talking about the future of intimacy. That's right. Uh, so you just asked before, and so we need to explain. Uh, by the way, the article here uh, is uh, abcnews.com, uh, OnlyFans reverses explicit content ban after outcry. And this is by Talia Arbel and Barbara Ortute. By the way, before we get into this, the other article I, the other article I sent you was about going to Mars. You right. picked this one. I did. So if anyone doesn't like this subject, <laughs> you may blame this guy. Well, like, <laughs> man, I, uh, I actually found out what's going on with this on a podcast a few weeks ago and um and so first of all what is OnlyFans? um especially since the pandemic this has picked up uh OnlyFans is a social media slash pornography site uh functionally there is more going on than that as far as uh if you want to know about it like personal training that those people are on there but mostly uh it mixes elements of uh pornography and explicit content with everyday communication um, but you pay for everything you get mm. uh, and so what is what so is, is a, do you pay for like a monthly fee or is um, it really no, kind can, of about a per right so you you're there i'm sure that there are you know things like subscriptions but it's sure. it's a large part uh pay for what you want and and so the the thing to understand about what's going on here a la carte i guess yes, yes. is that if you want an, uh, a message on monday morning you're going to work and you know a message that says hey you know i think you're great uh a personalized message uh along with some sort of explicit sexual content uh that's what's going on here but it goes much further than that because it's just integrated like like Mm. so many other things with social media it it integrates and you can buy as much kind of socialization and what i would call a fake connection as you want now why this is in the news is just last week uh came out on monday that um, OnlyFans was going to be required to uh, significantly reduce uh, explicit content, uh, pornography, meaning people having sex on uh, live on the screen, um, and not because of, you know, obviously conservative Christians tend to be against this, but along with uh, certain feminist groups mm. uh, saying this is uh, taking advantage uh, of, of women, this is bad for women. Um, but this was not driven by those groups. It was driven by finance companies because uh, financially, these sorts of enterprises are very uh, questionable. Sure. And so finance companies are, are 
loathe to get involved with pornography because the money moves around a lot. It's not a sure thing right. at all. And uh, what what credit card companies want is a sure thing. Right. Um, and, and so, I, I guess also like while it's becoming more common now with gambling, mm-hmm. for many states to have now like pro gambling laws. Like I know Indiana, Tennessee now has like a gambling laws that you can sports bet and stuff. You know, back in several years ago, these were like you know a lot of states outlawed some of these yeah. things, these vices, right? Yeah. Well, um, prostitution and different other things. Like there's not there's only a few states in the United States that legally has. Like legal prostitution, right? Yeah. So, but that's where pornography gets into some kind of messy legal uh, stages. Is like, what what are the women involved in this? What are they? Right. Are they just independent contractors, basically on their own volition, uh, kind of um, almost similar? I hate to use these terminologies and associated, but you almost kind of forced, like similar, to like Uber drivers, right? They're just kind of independently signing up to to do this kind of stuff, and they receive money. Um, but they don't, there's no legal protection over them. They don't have like a union. Yeah. They don't get, uh, um, so they don't get life. They don't get health insurance. It's a very, very like, uh, secretive contract, right? Yeah. When it comes to how you sign up for this and how you receive your money and how's that money taxed? Like yeah. you fill a W2 when you, right. all these different legal right. aspects, when it gets into pornography, I think is very complicated and where you're getting into these kind of ideas like certain companies don't want to be associated with certain vices that are from a public standpoint looked down upon you know many many people use these vices right right you know and and so the first reason why we're talking about this first reason we're talking about this is if you have children that their phones are not monitored uh this is something that is gaining steam we'll have Mm. some numbers here in a minute about how much uh how many users this has gained especially since the pandemic um but the the thing to know about last week's story was that monday uh there was a ban on uh, explicit sexual content uh in terms of pornography uh there was then an outcry uh on the part of people who use only fans as a medium for making money uh and by thursday uh there had been significant changes uh, so that these finance companies said, you know what, it, it seems like what was happening is this, you know what, we were making a lot of money off of OnlyFans, and other companies are waiting in the wings to say, you can come over to our service and do whatever you want, mm. so we're going to lose money that direction, um, and then uh, there were some, some updates to say, well, maybe we'll keep an eye on things, and uh, so never mind, uh, we'll go back to the way it was. Um, but look, uh, it is the, the thing that, uh, when I listen to this podcast talking about what is happening with OnlyFans, OnlyFans is approximating uh, intimacy now. Uh, for a long time, everybody has known about uh, the, the unsatisfactory nature, uh, the, the wrong uh, and harmful uh, elements of pornography, um, but what this moves into is it, it is an attempt, this service attempts to approximate intimacy to take the place of relationships. Right. And, and one, I mean, the first thing that I want to say is it's not going to do it. Um, I'm sure that there's still going to be users for this sort of thing, but it is going to end in frustration for the most part. And it's bad for the people who are using it. And it's bad for the people who are putting out the content. Mm-hmm. Is, is the way I look at it yeah. ultimately. Right. And it's it's it, it's one of those things that in a certain way you can look at it and go, I guess that's a win win. I think it's a lose lose. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted us to talk about it because I think that intimacy is one of the things that we are losing sanity over more than any other. Um, in general, I think that was the case, but the pandemic and the uh, the f- necessary, in a lot of uh, cases, uh, precautions we've had to take with not seeing people uh, has driven some big problems. Uh, and 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 you often have kind of a quick fix when there are big problems. Sure. You often have quick fixes that, that come in, and that's certainly what I think this is, but I just don't think it's going to be satisfactory. I mean... It, uh, 
humans are we're complicated, right? And we desperately need intimacy, right? And I think that's what you're getting at. I mean, during COVID, you're kind of stuck. And let's see if you're single and you don't have a family, right. you're stuck by yourself and you're desperately needing intimacy. But then people kind of over even before COVID have been have been creating bad habits when it comes to gaining intimacy. I mean, yeah. pornography has been an issue and for a lo- for a while now and it's getting worse and worse and worse, right? And um it's affecting people mentally, uh physically, emotionally in so many different ways. It's so dangerous and I think I think the government is starting to be getting more on the board of the of the kind of the team of yeah, I don't think this is good for for people. I don't think it's good for women. And I also don't think it's good for young men either. I think it's creating societal issues, uh, especially since a government really, you know, they think it's in the best entrance of the country or for the society for there to be healthy relationships that produce offspring because that leads to other economic uh, benefits. And so it's better if people are getting in relationships, getting married, having children. Like they see that as a positive thing. And when pornography creates false intimacy, and then men, especially, can almost, in a sense, it, this makes it even worse, can have these kind of, like, emotional relationships with hired people, and they can get intimacy. Even if it's false, they can still get intimacy in some ways, and then it leads to longer adolescence, not growing up emotionally, not being able to socialize with the opposite sex and therefore you're delaying family and having a family or and then to a certain point and we know this when we talk to young men you get to a point where it's harder to therefore fall in love or it's harder to to get married uh and then that kind of passes you by as we say and and i think from a societal standpoint we think it's better for young men to get married and have children and and even from a non-religious standpoint we're not talking about you know that they get saved and and they have christian marriages but even from a just a purely secular way it's better for men to be in intimate solid relationships right and pornography just it just pushes up against that right? right it makes it harder Right, and and so some of the background that uh, we probably need to mention on this and things that we've talked about in the past uh, on this podcast, but if you're not uh, familiar with sort of the way things are going for uh, for young people, uh, adolescents, and you could say even extended adolescents all the way up to, say, 30, um, fewer marriages, mm-hmm. fewer children, mm-hmm. broader than that, fewer dating relationships. Right. Um, sociologists, people who study these things have been shocked because sex is dramatically down. Exactly. Uh, and so teenage pregnancy is down, so mm-hmm. STDs are down. But while that's, we're glad of that, sure. the underlying cause seems to be lack of intimate relationships across the board, which right. you cannot celebrate. Right. Because I don't know of anyone who is saying right now, you know, I think that uh, that in terms of relationships... Young people are really doing great. And that's uh, dating relationships, relationships opposite sex, friendships. Uh, look, one of the things that we're seeing, uh, in general, young people spend much less time together. Uh, if you used to watch, you know, sort of high school TV shows, say a Saved by the Bell type show, yeah. or high school movies, whether yeah. these are movies, say, uh, 70s, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right, right. or, you know, anything, 80s, Breakfast Club, right. where you see, oh, look at these people together, yeah. you know, trying to make their way in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, one thing that's sad is we're not seeing movies about the current state of young people, because what those movies would be, would be separate views of mostly, I don't want to caricature, but mostly young people in their rooms, mm-hmm. texting, mm-hmm. interacting through screens yep. of various kinds. Um, and and it is just it is a very different time in that way. And again, that is before COVID, and it, it looks to me that uh, the lockdowns that we've experienced and uh, have accelerated. I mean, at these trends dramatically, and so that this is the result that we have is that that relationships are are way down and intimacy is lacking in, right. in a lot of people's lives. I mean, this reading some of these numbers, I mean, how long has OnlyFans been, a, been around? 2016. So it's been around for now five years. 
and it has 130 I had never heard of it until recently like right. when this this issue of basically getting rid of explicit content and then I read recently that they were they decided not to then get rid of the explicit right. content that's I had never heard of it right so before the pandemic uh, something like seven and a half million users oh wow so um, that really and, expanded it you know and, and given uh, we've all been forced to live our lives online in a sure. lot of ways um, and so there is one area that has exploded dramatically uh, in in this situation right here. Um, 130 million users and 2 million uh, creators is what they call uh, the people who uh, have connection points. Right. Obviously. And, and uh, you know, uh, reading some, and I was writing my dissertation, I read some books on, like, and we talked about this a little bit, and I think we both come from a similar viewpoint on the importance of place, and that place has an importance, the physical space, mm-hmm. physical people, right? right? Being right. in a room with people is really important. And one of the fears of kind of philosophers on this issue is with technology, we would basically uh, go over place and that it would no longer be important. Uh, and seeing that as a, an extremely negative thing in a lot of different ways. Uh, and now you're seeing from an intimate standpoint, when you take physical mm-hmm. space, physical people out of the equation, and you just say, we'll do it online, it'll be right. digitalized. Here's all the advantages, right? It's, it's quicker. It's, it's, uh, you don't even have to leave your room, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Uh, and there's a sense where you're taking out, like, the, the importance of going to a place and, and having to interact with real people, there's so many benefits of the physical experience that we're losing all those benefits. And what are we really gaining from it that is really helping the world? Right. I think, yeah, there is a certain speed, sure. Um, there's a certain, um, you know, you uh, maybe don't have to have physical space prearranged, Right. Um, you're taking all the awkwardness potentially out of the physical uh, experience, but there's just, you're not, I think in the, in the kind of the discussion and all this, you're just, there's so much that we're losing in so many different areas. I mean, even from a, from pastoral standpoints of like discipling people, we can both pretty much say with very, very confident amen that discipleship is done in person. Like you have to get in a room with someone and, and really you can't do discipleship. You can't do pastoring online. Right. You just can't do it. You can't do it well. You can't do it effectively. Uh, and you can't do intimacy well. And you can't do it effectively right. online. And, and so this is such a shallow offering. And it's so sad that people are quick to buy up this shallow experience. And almost they eat it up and they gobble it up. And they totally uh, don't even think about or plan for the better experience. Well, and, you know, look, this is, uh, none of us uh, was prepared for what we have experienced in the last year and a half, Um, but what this brings to light, uh, my hope and my prayer is that we are at the end of this drive uh, towards sort of expressive individualism. It's just you, find your way, whatever, just run to the furthest end of your desire, because there's where happiness is going to be. That is, that is not the... The method for having human contentment and joy in life. Life involves consistent, stable relationships with other people. Uh, that has been true at all stages of human history, and it is absolutely true now. But literally, the formula that a lot of people are operating off of, and this is true in the church as well as in in the world at large. Like, well, I, some weird ideas. If like there there is a secret treasure chest in my heart somewhere that I have to unlock that will tell me what will make me happy. And look, I, I, we do believe that what will give us the greatest joy is to love God, glorify Him, and enjoy Him forever Never. and yeah. walk in relationship with people who are also doing that. That is what we believe as Christians. Um, and, and what you are saying earlier is, is so powerful that, look, God has given us, these are the ways to joy, and the further you want to move away from them, the less happiness and contentment, joy you will find there. Right. And and that is is hard, I know, for some to hear, but test it. Mm. You will find, Mm. you will find that it is true. Um, And, you know... 
Is there anything, like, I think this is probably, is there anything worth doing that's better doing alone? Like, even video games, your video right. game. Is it better to play those games alone, or is it play with people? Even in a point, I, yeah, they have online gaming. I get it. But isn't it, I remember that we, were, we come from the same generation. We, we, we come from a generation before online gaming was a yeah. thing, right? I remember having parties mm-hmm. and playing Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Would that have been more fun doing online or no, staying up with your friends all night? Right. Uh, so couch, <laughs> couch co-op is still a thing yeah. in certain, you know, Great sectors. term, by and, the way. I didn't I, know that existed. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I'm still a huge fan. You know, look, even online, um, <laughs> online is a very large topic of yes. online gaming. Yes, sure. uh, Because, you know, you can have everything from, you know, I think I'm pretty good at... Uh, Call of Duty, and then you go online, and some twelve-year-old mops the floor with you, right, and then right. starts talking to you about how terrible you are at the game. So that's I I don't really play shooters, and and that's uh, part of the reason why I'm also not very good at them. Um, so there's a <laughs> lot of online gaming experiences out there. Uh, still playing with your friends online is one of the most fun uh, experiences that there is, and so uh, sure, while uh, gaming can be a, a solo adventure, and, and in a lot of ways it was as kids growing up, but I mean. Uh, I, I remember how funny it was when uh, I would first mention to people uh, what Twitch TV, which is you watch people play video games online, they're like, you watch people play video games? It was hilarious to me because as somebody who's never been as into sports, yeah, I, I would just look at people and be like, you watch people play basketball. <laughs> And you find that just completely... Normal. Different. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, but I could never watch somebody play a video game. And I'm like, yeah. well, listen, yeah. I, you're not in shape. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm getting tips on how to play basketball for right. this guy. Right. You know, no, you just watch people do that. Right. And 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 while the, I, you are missing, in, in a lot of cases with games, the admirations for something physical mm-hmm. that can be done, while in, in some of the games I watch, for instance, there is a lot of physical element to it, um, still... Watching sports is very comparable to watching people play sure. video games. And where sure. did that start? Where did where did I start watching people play video games? With my cousins growing right, up. Right. Where you have a Nintendo with two controllers. Right. And there's more than two of us. So right. somebody's watching. Somebody's watching. And or most, it's a game with only one player. And that's the other right. funny thing, uh, just as a side note about people who say, oh, those old games are so hard. Well, you got to understand, too, that a lot of this stuff, we would team play this yeah. you get frustrated yeah. when you're getting beat over and over you gotta pass it off yeah, to other absolutely. people yeah. and, and that helps you you can sit there and you have an advisor you're like hey you're gonna have to try this and so <laughs> it's always been there um, and, and, and so things are better together we yes. were made for relationship there's right. a lot of ways to say this but in the meantime you know look it's pretty easy to see how you could get here because unfortunately a lot of uh, the exciting elements are on the front end of this and the guilt and the shame is going to be on the back end yep. of this experience yep. and we are very vulnerable to that sort of thing all of us one and all and so acknowledging that is one place I want to get to today that that's, that's something that pornography does lures you in with uh, this false promise of how, yeah. how great yeah. this is and it does not deliver right it's, nor, a, con. it's a con it's right. a con I mean right. then there's is it five billion dollars has been collectively earned? Yep. And it's a con. Right. That's a con man who has this con that says, "I promise you this. You just gotta give me a little of this, and yep. then you'll have all these benefits." Yep. And then you give over your money, you give over your time, right. you give over your heart, right. and then after so long of a time, you realize I've lost all of that, all of this, and all of that. And then what do I what do I have to, to show for it? I have nothing to show right. for it, and you've just been conned. Right. And I think, really, the porn industry has just been this massive con right. that continues to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. Right, and and so that's another intersection that uh, we sadly have to mention is that uh, the USA is known worldwide for the amount of pornography that our country produces, mm-hmm. and so in this regard, um, with the uh, individuation of uh, pornography and this method yeah. of engagement were probably at the leading edge uh, in that regard as well and, and it should be mentioned mm. that this is uh, uh, I, I believe the numbers uh, something like 60-40 that uh, 60% uh, more men 
40% women, and so another region where pornography has been growing for, say, the last uh, 30 years is among uh, women. Um, but this is something that, that has been happening in this country, producing pornography, spreading it around the world. And, uh, and, and again, uh, no, it does not glorify God. I'm also against it because it's not good for people. Right. It does right. not produce right. what it seems to offer. Right. Um, so, and, and this, is, this is an experiment taking place, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the things it says in this article is, uh, quote, the online porn industry is changing amid concerns about sex trafficking and the exploitation of minors. Two 2018 laws, the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act and the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act were meant to stop sex trafficking online and led some spaces to shut down. And, and, and so this is something we should definitely mention is that um, sex trafficking, the use of especially uh, poor and minority groups, uh, think of traveling across borders or overseas to... Uh, acquire especially young girls um, and young boys for these acts this uh, while the, the thing that is often said is well we have protections for those sort of things a lot of those protections amount to uh, check this box or right. sign this right. you know say that you won't do this or you'll be prosecuted if you do it it's like you know look the internet is the internet mm-hmm. it's still hard to track mm-hmm. uh, and to verify um, I mean simple things like does a 30-year-old woman always look like a 30-year-old woman? I don't know, not necessarily. Not and yet, so exactly. it's very difficult then sure. just, to just uh, police these sorts of things. And, mm. and so that's very unfortunate, and that's been um, going on. It also says here, quote, elected officials had also raised concerns about OnlyFans. A bipartisan group of over 100 members of Congress called on the Justice Department to investigate OnlyFans earlier in August, saying the site was a... Uh, quote, major marketplace for sexual videos with children in them. Mm. And so uh, that is an element that is going on here as well. It's, you know, all this is kind of in this, we're in this kind of Me Too season or this time where, you know, I think in the 90s maybe where, or before Me Too was was an important part that is influencing government officials and, and laws um, I'm curious, like, because I think you usually get thrown out for something like this. Oh, it's First Amendment protections. You know, people are choosing to, to do this or choosing to pass on these photos of themselves or videos of themselves. So in their First Amendment rights, they are expressing themselves. They have the freedom to do so. And the other people have the freedom to pay for it and to, right. you know, observe this content. Right. But now we're into a point where that's not the first thing that comes out of people's mouths. It's like, well, this is exploiting women. Uh, this is creating a culture that is is that is giving men a view that they have, uh, that women are kind of a, a prize for them to just uh, observe and to enjoy. Um, that's all that they are. Um, and so it's interesting how pornography fits into this, into this world. I think you've got you know you've got these conflicting influences that are going on, and and so I think even with uh, what you're seeing now with this OnlyFan thing or. People are saying, well, you know, even these credit card companies, I think these credit card companies are saying, we don't want to be associated with anything that objectifies women or it produ- or creates a rape-like, rape-influencing right. culture. Sure. So we're not going to allow our, our customers to, to use their cards in these, on these websites. And, uh, you know, as, as Christians, and talk, we're like, that's a great thing that they're not allowing their, their customers to use this. Um, and, uh, and so it is interesting, like, what will win the day? Will it be the kind of the Me Too movement kind of pushing up? And there's an, is there, are we at a point where that, that has enough power to influence a, a $5 billion company to make a decision like this? Or is there another force that's pushing on the opposite side? Right, and that's um, the, the challenge that you run into there is, you know, you have a lot of ad- advocacy groups. Um, but I think that some of these groups get confused when you run into an issue, say you're a feminist group, and you run into a group of women who say, we want to do this. Um, look, as, as, as Christians, we have a higher authority. Right. So... When someone says, I want to do this, even if it's harmful to me, you know, look, as, as Christians, we, we don't, you know, just lock people up and say no, but we say, like, look, I'll do anything right. that, that this 
you would not be involved involved in this harmful activity. I can't. I don't want to see you hurting. Right. I don't yeah. want to see you destroy yourself. Right. Right. I'll do anything. And in fact, what does the Christian call us? That we would lay down our lives to help people mm-hmm. who are in these situations. But then, if you are a feminist group and a woman says to you, "I want to do this," in a lot of ways, you don't know what to you're, make of yeah, it. Yeah, you're kind of stuck. Um, and 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 one thing that I would say is that you know, look, uh, stick to your guns. If your conclusion is that this is not good for any woman, yeah, then. Tell them. Argue with the yeah. woman who's telling you, I think this is good for me. Right. Keep investigating. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, look, that's, uh, I don't think this is good for men. I don't think this is good for women. I think it's going to lead to more frustration, more self-loathing, more, uh, more separation, destruction of relationships. I mean, think about it. You're trying to force uh, intimacy in a situation where it doesn't fit mm-hmm. uh, when you Look, the barrier is there online. What you want is physical connection. And, and actually, here in a minute, we'll go further. You, what we want, we are, we are made for intimacy and not just sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are just trying to jump all the barriers that are there when it has been the Christian belief for a long time that, look, the world is in its foundational elements mm. not um, impossible to navigate. That yes, everything in this world is broken, but God still has ways for us to thrive. And one of those ways is look, yeah, it takes work to establish relationships of all kinds. Yeah. Do the work. Yeah. The work is rewarding. Yes. There there are very few other things in life as rewarding. And and not just as a real relationship with someone of the opposite sex in a marriage, but as friend, friendships that you've developed over the years and over different experiences. And and so uh, this is one of the most uh, disappointing things about this is that this is, you might think you are getting somewhere with it, but you are actually putting yourself further away of gaining actual relationship. Right. And that's the real law. And I, and I, don't, I don't, I think this has been a, somewhat of a criticism of like the Me Too movement is that it seems like while there's a lot of, celebrities especially from Hollywood that jumped on board that bandwagon but when did Hollywood respond with getting rid of a lot of their sex from their 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 content right right? and I think there is a um as we talk about like intimacy we talk about the four loves here with C.S. Lewis um I think you know storytellers are helpful in this. It's like don't be cheap with your storytelling. Don't right. be cheap with your intimacy or your romance. Right. Tell the proper story. Right. Um, when you if you want to do a romance, a story of of a, of a man and a woman who fall in love, do it well. Right. Like I think we talk about like I think it's uh, Doctor Betts at Southern loves the story of Ruth, right? Because it's a great yeah, right. story of intimacy, right? right. A romantic intimacy. Right. Um, and we think about David and Jonathan and their friendship intimacy. We, of course, one of the, my favorite things about Lord of the Rings is the friendship that is put on display. Like right. It creates this chaos and this conflict and then puts friends in the middle of it to figure out, figure out the mess as right. friends. And those are good storytellers who show us what intimacy is through good storytelling. Right. And I think, I think this is where Hollywood, and especially where you have leaders who are a part of the Me Too movement push against like, hey, having movies where where we're just basically saying male and female intimacy is just raw like sex. Just like almost like animals, like just going at each other. What does that tell the society at large? Um instead, if you want to fight up fight against rape culture and you want to fight against kind of this using women object- objectively for sex. Well, then then tell better stories of intimacy and work right. to, as you're saying, work to then tell these stories because then people then get c- consuming better content when it comes to intimacy and are actually being told what is true romantic love, what is true brotherly love or everyday love and, and those types sure. of things. So. Sure. Um, let me read one last quote from uh, this article before we do move on there. Um, sort of summarizes the financial elements. So uh, it says, quote, adult content companies have to navigate higher fees and requirements from financial companies beyond what most retailers encounter. Others won't touch it. Both MasterCard and Visa last year began blocking customers from using credit cards on Pornhub after accusations that the site had videos of rape and underage sex and American Express cards, meanwhile, can't be used on online pornography, uh, strike bolt process adult content. So you have that there. And How do people pay for pornography? Then? Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a bag of cash in the mail. I'm sure there's certain yeah. cards or some. Uh, I just I didn't know any of this stuff. I and thought it, that was interesting. Yeah. You know, and it might be through like a PayPal or you know. Yeah, I guess uh, PayPal's more is almost like cash. Yeah. And so uh, this is this is where this is going. And look, as we continue to drag on uh, through what is now you know the Delta variant of of COVID, and a lot of people, uh, especially in big cities, are still working from mm-hmm. home. And um, uh, look, a return to Physical interaction is the first thing to say. This is we're for this. It's needed. Uh, being around people uh, and look, even if you do end up still, if your company says we want you to work from home, then it is what it is. Yeah, you're um, but you're gonna have to work in seeing people. Yeah. Make plans for that. We are not made to be these isolated individuals. Right. And so, in thinking about intimacy, you know, and and, and that was my biggest concern in, in seeing this is it's beyond. Uh, Pornography. This is trying to approximate intimacy. Mm-hmm. Is what this site uh, is trying to do. I was thinking about uh, books that I have learned the most about. Kind of uh, intimacy is in what are the deeper desires of our heart. What are the relational desires of our heart? And so you know, obviously, as a couple of Christian pastors, we're going to say that the place for sexual intimacy is marriage. Right. Um, here's the thing, though. Uh, the, the book that you already mentioned, The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, um, the Greeks had four words for love. Uh, over the time period of Koine Greek, which is uh, something like a thousand years, uh, these words weren't explicitly always only used this way, but there are four roots uh, to where we have the one word love in Greek. They use different words that we now translate as love, even in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what what is, though, eros, or romantic love, which is the first one, probably the one uh, that, that you would think about first in context of what we've been talking about. And it, it's pretty powerful because he calls he calls sex, sexual, uh, the sex act is Venus. He, he calls that when, when you are engaged in making love, that is a whole different thing than even eros. Right. Because he says that eros itself is about appreciation of the beloved, regardless of anything that you should you would get Game, out of yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really powerful uh, because if you have been alive long enough, you've experienced what what an amazing what what a, an encounter with beauty it is mm-hmm. to see someone of the opposite sex uh, mm-hmm. and 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 the appreciation element, regardless mm-hmm. of any attempt at sexual uh, fulfillment or, or thinking along those lines is what Eros is. That, that is uh, clear and, and, and pretty powerful to me uh, and something that we probably don't think about very much and something that when God built into us and that is a good thing, just as sex within marriage is a good thing, that is a good thing. Yeah, and especially like when we think about again, romantic love and we're and, and if you're you're basically deconstructing it to... Um, just get, getting my physical needs uh, fulfilled, mm-hmm. then you get to the point where you're like, yeah, where my intimacy comes from is an interaction with a someone I've paid to have an, a conversation with me or to send messages to me or send photos of me to me so that I am pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not pleased. Right. Like you're not. There's, there's no like back and forth relationship here. We've de- deconstructed it so much. So it's like just like animal instinct level that it's um you're taking you're just dehumanizing the entire experience with a with a and we and we know what love is because god first right loved us right, right. the love of the concept of love is not some like foreign concept that just kind of came from from the from from an alien world right uh the trinity lo- experienced love with one another and then when god created us in his image we then love right mm-hmm. The way God loves, and that is so, that we, when we love one another, we're reflecting God. To deconstruct it so much, to right. it's just say right. it's almost you've dehumanized it so much right. that it's basically the way that animals treat one another. It's so that's right. It's so it's so wrong, and it's unnatural. Right. And um, and I think we have to just be honest. And I think that's where you're getting the conflicts, where you're having like the Me Too movement saying that's dehumanizing women. Like, correct. Right. It is dehumanizing women. Right. Well, then we should then say with a full force, say this is wrong. Right. We should say why? Because it's dehumanizing the, the, the love connection or the, the, the way that humans share intimacy. Right. We're literally saying, well, 
even though that's based what we're doing from an emotional level, a mental level, a physical level, we're just going to deconstruct it so much that uh, we're taking all the humanity out of it and taking all the beauty out of it. Right. I mean, uh, probably one of the most powerful analyses of what we're going through as humans right now is that there are two basic elements to what it is to be human. There's the animal side, like you've been talking about, but then there's the spiritual side. Right. And what, what you see almost every movement try to do is abstract one of those and pull it out to its furthest extent, which right. is either man is nothing but a, an animal right. or man is a god. Right, right. And, I mean, think about what you're seeing even in this story. Oh, man, it's so powerful. We've enabled ourselves to use this technology to have animal-like sex right. at, at our, our whim. And right. it's like, okay, then tell me the honest answer to this question. Is that getting it done for you? Right. Are you really satisfied? Right. Because that's where I want to go with this. Right. I don't, I don't believe you're going to be really satisfied. Let's see, with all the planning yep. and research and development to get this and so that I can get something on a whim. <laughs> Yeah. See how like those don't even yeah. there are two different there are two different planets, yeah. two different yep. universes. Yeah. Isn't it better to take like the planning and and the and the work and the yeah. labor to experience the joys yeah. of intimacy? Yeah. And yeah. and I think you're right to just kind of to put those as two polars. Right. Shows how how absurd this really is and how this is a it's a con. Right. This this doesn't fulfill it doesn't satisfy and you're basically dehumanizing yourself and right. saying this is what i truly am i am an animal who needs this so give me what i need yeah. but what you're actually admitting to is that you're basically no different than the animals that crawl on the earth yep and, and god you, created you far more than that for that right yeah. and, and since you've already mentioned it let's go to the top of the mountain the the most powerful form of love is as agape love uh God's self-giving love. And that reaches the deepest part of our hearts. There are parts of us that no human being can satisfy. And it is wrong then to put that in front of someone right. and say say do something it. like, I'm not satisfied with myself. You make me feel worthwhile. Human beings can't do that for you. Mm-mm. And if you put that before them, you'll be continually frustrated. Mm-hmm. Or if you put it before yourself, I'm going to prove myself. I'm right. going to prove I'm worthwhile by, right. by some kind of achievement, right. by being so good at my job or so fast at running. You put anything in there, it's not going to happen. Mm-mm. The deepest needs of our heart can only be fulfilled by God. And so that's God's self-giving love. I, uh, this, this occurred mm-hmm. to me uh, uh, that there's only one band or artist that I've ever known that has in their corpus a song that fits each of these. So I'll mention um, for Romantic Love, the, the band is Rascal Flats. You're probably oh, yeah. not really Rascal I'm not a huge Rascal Flats, but, like, but I'm familiar with the band, yes. Right, they've broken up now. But um, Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah. for uh, Romantic Love, lots of... Lots of artists have covered this subject, but uh, Melt is a great example of a Rascal Flatts song. But then uh, My Wish, you know, My Wish for You, that this life becomes all that you want. Yeah. I actually danced with my mom at my wedding to that Uh, song. So, hey, Rascal Flatts is there, yeah. Um, And and so I have one for each of these four, and I I think that that's a a great song, uh, by the way. All right, so then uh, the the third one we'll mention is uh, Brotherly Love. Yeah. Uh, Philia, uh, Philadelphia yep. is where it's, it it's name. Um, and this is the love that you get from uh, family, friendships in the church. This is a love that expects nothing. And one that I do think is on the decline, yeah. even uh, before COVID, one that we've struggled with, but one that I really think sneaks away from us. I think so. Uh, because uh, we we seem to undervalue it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spent that, that podcast episode talking about parents who... Don't have friends. Basically, yeah. are using their children as their brotherly love. Right. And it's just not yeah. right. And that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. That is a bad idea. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, uh, that, that love that comes through bonding of common interests, activities. Yes. Um, I, the, the discussion of this in The Four Loves is really fascinating. It's a very good he, chapter. He talks about how um, uh, the next love, which is affection, is very natural. Mm-hmm. It is very natural to hug your grandmother because right. your grandmother's awesome. Right. You should hug her. Right. Um, but we, we don't quite know what to do with brotherly love because um, it's not necessary to our life. Nope. It doesn't, uh, you know, having a friend that you uh, shoot guns with doesn't contribute to survival in any sort of direct sense. No. But it is a good that mm-hmm. God has given and that we, I, I think that we just kind of go, oh yeah, I guess I'll fill that in when I get a chance. It's like, well, it's, it's steadily diminishing, and yeah. you shouldn't let it do that. No, is, is my general advice to people. Yeah, uh, you should have friends. We should all have friends. Yeah, you'd almost see like this uh, this level of like you know, you know, it's been. We, I mean, over the last you know century, God has been taken out of the equation, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, I think when it comes to brotherly love, I think with 
with social media and other types of things, like in different generations, there's just a replacement of brotherly love with just fami- like family love, mm-hmm. right? But then we're getting into this this issue of the dying of romantic love. Yeah. You can always see like right. really what like what is the human? I think if if Schaefer was alive today, he could do an edit of Christ- the, the human uh, the Christian manifesto where he talks about the humanist manifesto, okay. and you can almost say this is what the 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 results of the humanist project. The removal of God, yeah. the removal of friendship, right. and then the removal of romantic love. Yeah. Do, do, do you want to jump on board that movement? Sure. Or do you want to jump right. on the board of the Christian movement, which is saying God created you? That's where you're, if you want to understand love and you want to know what it means to be loved, first look to God. And, and then now look to like community and fellowship with one another, where I'm actually called to serve one another. Not because uh, serving them somehow benefits me. No, I serve them because I'm commanded by God to serve them, and I actually receive joy by loving and, and serving. And it, 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 it's, it shows visibly how we're connected to one another yep. through Christ. And then romantic love, you know, that as we see in Ephesians chapter 5 of like the husband laying his life down for his wife and putting her needs before his own as Christ did for the church, and how a woman's role in the home is to submit to the leadership of her of her, of her husband, and that is good, and that is proper, and that is godly. Like, of those two options, which one would you rather jump on board on? Right, right. And, and the, the broad misunderstanding that's like, yeah, by the way, this, this is all driven by the husband understanding that he is to lay down his life, right. just as Christ laid down his life. Not, not just singularly at the end, that every day leading yes. up to that, that is not about his own desires, because that's self-giving. Love is sacrifice. Yes. That is, and it's not just sacrifice in the ultimate, it's sacrifice regularly mm-hmm. um, being lost. And, and it shouldn't be. I, my, my hope and prayer is that we will go so far down this that our, our people will be so starved that eventually we turn around and go, was there an oasis anywhere? Because yeah. I do believe that there is. Um, I think it's Russell Moore who said that, you know, for the church during this, just kind of the world that we live in with LGBTQ stuff and other things. It's like the church has to be ready and available and prepared when people realize there's no hope there and that they wonder where is their actual hope. And the answer is it's in Christ. And I think, I think the only, I think the response for the church is not just to go, Oh goodness gracious. I can't believe more pornography sites. Oh my goodness. While that is true and it's a product of the fall, but I think for the church, we should be ready to, uh, for those men and for those women that have fallen into this deception, the con for us to go, there is no hope there. There's only hope in Christ. And th- there is guaranteed an eternal hope in Christ. And Christ will not, you will not find that Christ is empty or void of, yeah. of, of love and peace and grace, that he is full of it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, the song uh, for Brotherly Love, by the way, is Me and My Gang. Nice. Uh, definitely. Uh, and then the last one. Um, Affection. Uh, and, uh, for anyone who, the only phrase you know to associate with familiarity is familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity also breeds fondness. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and that's the idea in this whole chapter is that uh, consistency uh, with, with people uh, and, you know, families. Everybody has, you don't choose your family, but, but God does. Right. And, and those are people that by being in their presence, and sharing this connection, this affection, mm. uh, leads to stability, consistency, and and this is you know, uh, it, some people are not touchers as much, and that's fine. Sure. But affection should be going somewhere. Right. You don't right, have to right. touch everybody. You don't have to hug everybody that you right, see. Right. But we are made to be affectionate, mm. um, and so uh, that's that's key. And and another one that um, think about how in a pandemic, affection goes through nothing almost mm-hmm. instantly. Mm-hmm. And that that's, there are going to be effects of that. I think one of the, the causes of depression that we've seen over the last year and a half is just that simple element alone. You go, I mean, in March of 2020, you go from seeing people every day, however affectionate you are, to literally almost nothing. You only touch the people that you have to. I mean, think about how, yeah, right, you know, and how, that, how harmful that is in terms of uh, human connection, and it's specifically this issue. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have yet to really know the negative impacts mm-hmm. of this entire thing. And I think the, and I think we're, the generational 
impact this will have on middle school, high school. I can go back to like, you know, elementary age kids all the way up to college. And how is this affecting them when it comes to intimacy? Mm -hmm. And I think as, as parents or as, you know, if we have influences with, with young adults is to, to really push up against their, their, their instincts of, of get away, get away, wait, no intimacy, uh, no connection, no familiarity. I just going to keep my distance. I'm, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I think, I think as, as pastors and, and parents, I think we have to like counsel against them always dwelling in that place and space because that is so deliberate. It, it, it's a, it, it prevents so many positive things that they need in their life. And, um, and I think society is just going to lean into that type of thinking. They're like, yeah, 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 be careful. You never know. You never know. You never know. And I think it's, it's, it's the job for us to just to infuse confidence in them and encouraging them to say, hey, you know, we are created to, to love. We were created to have friends. We were created to ha- show affection. We were created to fall in love. And, and, uh, and we were created to love God. Right. And, um, and we can't be full of fear right. when it comes to intimacy. Yeah. Uh, this was a much lesser known Rascal Flatts song. It's called Everyday Love. It's off, I think, their first album. Also, okay. great song. So nice. That one out is exactly about wow. affection. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting the Rascal Flatts. Yeah, and I have stuff. yet to find. I, I like a lot of different bands, a lot of different artists, but I have yet to find so. I mean, and it, I am not pushing it one bit. Every single one of these songs is exactly about this issue. Uh, the Everyday Love song is is so funny because literally the way the song goes is just about. I can't explain it. I just can't get enough of this this well, everyday yeah. sort of pat on the shoulder, a hug before you leave to go to work. And he, he said, I, didn't, I don't understand why, but this yeah. is so... And that is exactly what C.S. Lewis says about everyday love, is that it is, it is the uh, bit of energy that yeah. drives sure. in between all of the major elements of our life. It, it fuels us to move on and, and, and to obtain connection yep. wherever that we go yeah uh, so key so important it's so good yeah. alright anything else that's it alright you gotta go pick up your son so yep. I'm gonna, we're gonna sign off this is uh, Empires of the Future and we'll see you in the future alright see you later